Big Finish, we love stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 19th of December 2021. Would you be so good as to close the door? You're letting a draft in. Much better. Our supplier, I take it. You found me. Well done. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and uh, oh, do you hear sleigh bells? (laughs) It's nearly Christmas and time to think of plum pudding, turkey, pigs in blankets and audio drama in your ears. Yes, big finish style, of course. And to start the festive merriment, we've taken the unusual step of doing exactly what we normally do in a Big Finish podcast by opening up the perfectly wrapped box that is our good review guide. (sighs) This week, looking at Torchwood Gooseberry. Andy doesn't know you're dead, does he? Then we enter the worlds of Blake Seven, that classic 1970s BBC space opera, to go behind the scenes with Baben the Butcher, played, of course, by Colin Baker, Mm. a character he created before his days as the Doctor, would you believe? I would believe that. You would believe it? Well, there we go. You, You believed it. I'm Colin Baker, and on this occasion I am playing the wonderful... Baban the Berserker, Baban the Butcher, Baban the Bold. Then we'll be straight in with listeners' emails. Just write to podcast at bigfinish.com and you can be an email star for oh. several seconds at least. Following that in our also available segment, we take a look at this week's Star Cops audiobook release performed by original cast member Trevor Cooper, who also gives us a bit of a Q&A. Hello, my name's Trevor Cooper. Then the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Santos? Never heard of the fellow. Who is he? Oh, I like it. And as a special Yuletide treat, we round things off with a free 15-minute drama tease of Babe and the Butcher, Conscience by Catherine Armitage. This is a business transaction. So let's do business. Are we getting that Christmas feeling, Benji? Oh, I'm starting to feel it. Yeah, Are I'm getting. You, you know, I've, I've done. I've done my cruzy shopping, as they say. Have you? I don't think anybody's well ever said cruzy shopping, but no. I've done it. I've ticked it all off. I'm. I'm ready. You know. I'm. I'm. I'm just. Just. Just looking forward to, to rewatching all the old Christmas class, classics. Really. How about what, you? Like what? What are you going to rewatch? Oh, the news. Every news. <laughs> thing. No. <laughs> I don't the know. Weather. I like, weather. Yeah. The travel you know. news. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Just, just, uh, just QVC. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I like a good. I like watching a few of the old Doctor Who Christmas specials. I like the old comedy oh. Christmas specials. They're oh, always good yeah. fun, aren't they? You know, yeah. uh, maybe chuck in a, a bit of It's a Wonderful Life. You know, all those Casablanca, a couple of oldies, a few Scroogies, You know, Muppets. I've I've uh, ordered the Blu-ray of uh, No Time to Die, which I, I saw it on Apple TV, but. Uh, uh, and then Steph, my wife, was a bit irritated that I'd gone because we used to. Our tradition was always to go to the cinema. Oh, you ours too. Ours to too. see the Bond movie, but you wouldn't catch me in a cinema these days. Thank you very much. Breathing in moisture. Yeah, we've particles. we've got to do the um, we've got to watch Spectre before because I've seen Spectre, but apparently my sister watched it and said you've got to watch Spectre before you watch that. And so, well, so she's wrong. yeah, is she wrong? Well, you you don't have to. I mean, it's fine. 
nobody's putting a gun to, to our head and um, I'm, I'm up so for it. anyway I bought I bought the blu-ray so that you know Ooh, we can have yes. a family watch of it I think because Ben's old enough to watch it now you know so. what was Ben's first James Bond film has he seen any of the oldies yeah he saw some of the oldies when I was watching them and sort of watched half of them and then just got bored you know <laughs> to be fair, I, I, my first James Bond that I ever saw was um, The Spy Who Loved Me. And I came downstairs when I was a kid and my parents were watching it. And um, and I just saw the end bit where, you know the bit where in, they're in the submarine silo and there's yeah, all, yeah. basically the best bit of the film with all yeah. the explosions and stuff. So because I saw that and thought it was just like the greatest thing ever. And then of course when I watched the full film, I was like, oh, there's loads of other bits in this that are really not... Actually, then of <laughs> yeah. course you grow up and you you're into the whole thing and I yeah, just yeah. But what a film! Oh yeah, lovely. And nobody does it better. Um, I uh, I was just gonna. Oh yes, I, I I did. He did watch Quantum of Solace with me because he'd uh, bought um a you know a second hand version of the game, and oh, so yeah. he was interested to see the film and he enjoyed that. I know people hate Quantum of Solace, but I, I'm con- controversially I'm a huge fan of Quantum of Solace because it's half an hour shorter than all the other recent Bond films, and I think that's my only criticism of Daniel Craig the Daniel Craig movies I think he's brilliant as Bond and I think all the movies are great except they're just half an hour too long they just go on you know what I'm saying yeah, this is the man was... who's just written a seven part <laughs> story Damn, it's just one episode too long it's three episodes too long all filler and not much killer um, but you know it's it's I it's like Skyfall, isn't it? It's, it's got that extra bit in the house at the end, which I, I like. It is but good, but you, you just you just feel like it should have ended over just before that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a great film, though. I Daniel Craig stuff. To be honest, I you know all Bond films are really good in my opinion. I don't think there's ever been a truly dreadful Bond. I don't think I there's ever been something that people say. Gosh, that was you know people would do that thing. Oh, Timothy Dalton's rubbish. It's like no, it's like he's just different. He's actually you know. I, I think he's Timothy really Dalton. good. I'm a big fan of Dalton. I don't. So I don't am think. I. I don't think the scripts were that good. That's a fairly standard point of view. But I thought he was great. He was a kind of um, Daniel Craig before his Definitely. time. I think took it very very seriously. I don't think people were ready for that at that point. Um, sorry, back to Christmas. <laughs> um, how many Christmas dinners have you had so far? Do you know what? I've not had any so <gasps> far. It's it's tragic, um, but I'm, I'm I'm gearing up for it. You know, I've, I've had already two. demolished. Uh, you've had two. Wow. Yeah, yeah in restaurants. cranberry sauce. You done? You done? The yeah, cranberry, cranberry sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, I had so, I had a roast yesterday uh, in a local cafe, and we booked a Christmas meal uh, and uh, in um, a garden <laughs> garden centre. <laughs> There's a lovely restaurant in the local garden centre. I'm so middle-aged and middle-class. I'm not middle-aged, I'm old, I'm 60. The thing I would say about garden centres, though, is regardless of what age you are, hmm. whenever you go to one, you still sort of feel like it's exciting. There is something <laughs> there is something exciting about a garden. I went to a well, garden centre the other day, and it was it had a massive train inside it, a oh. father Christmas train, and loads yeah. of lights That's everywhere. It. What's exciting is, is, is all that stuff you could put in your garden, all those ornaments, which you never buy if you've got any taste. No, Sorry no. if you do buy them, folks. Um, uh, you know... But there's something exciting about that. And also at our local one, every Christmas they have uh, Sven and Jen, the two singing reindeer, animatronic reindeer. And when they do the high notes, the little mouths quiver. (laughs) And I always go and have a photograph. I take a photograph in front of Sven and Jen. Yeah. 
exciting. I remember so, in, in Hastings at the um, in the shopping centre. There, there was. Uh, they they had it for ages as well. They had like this some um, animatronic singing gnomes, which sort of as Nick yeah, can yeah. see, they do repetitive Thrilling. sort of movements. But I remember what was funny about this one, and he just stayed there for the whole Christmas period. Was that his hand was hanging off? Oh, it was obviously like been an snapped. Autumn. It was like an all but they're just sort of hanging on a wire, and he was just still moving, and it just looked so pitiful. It looked really pitiful, and no so one they, did anything about so it. They could have gaffer taped it back on. It's like all just taking the hand, all just taking the hand off, but it was just hanging on a wire. Just thought, yeah, and sort of painted it with red and made it like a bloody and, stump. Yeah, with, you with know, a bandage maybe, on. Maybe get a couple of the other elves to, to make a scene around it, like that something's happened, you know. Yeah. Use Emergency your imagination, Christmas elf scene. <laughs> it's perfect, yeah, the Christmas Christmas casualty. But I would uh, say our, our garden centre restaurant is a very, very classy one. Well, that's what, that's what you've got to have. And the, and the Christmas um, lunch was impeccable. I what, couldn't, couldn't pack it. it. I couldn't. I tried to pack <laughs> it, but I just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the pecking noise. Um, well, I suppose we should crack on yes. with uh, post-Christmas now. Uh, it's the good review guide. We've reviewed the Christmas dinners. We've reviewed <laughs> Christmas. And now it's time to find the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And this week, as promised... It's Torchwood Gooseberry from Big Finish Productions. Torchwood Gooseberry. Oh, here he comes. Be nice. I am nice. Please. Well then. I'm not nervous. No. Owen! Hiya! Andy! And uh, you must be... Kate? My girlfriend. Oh, God, actually. Uh, wait. <laughs> it's fine. Yes, I'm your girlfriend. Result? Kate. Right. Wow. Uh, okay. I know, right? Punching above, etc. Oh, it's just, uh, yeah, pleased to meet you. Same. Well then, I'll uh, go and get myself coffee while you two talk about me. <laughs> Please God, I'm back in a tick. <laughs> so. So. Andy doesn't know you're dead, does he? Big Finish. We love stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Gooseberry into the search pane at the top to locate this perfectly formed audio drama. Mm. First up, the Doctor Who Companion.com Ida Wood says, It's hard to pick a highlight from this release because every part of the production is turned up to 11. What? Yes, yes, a bit of spinal tap there. Even the supporting cast, you feel like they've been seen before, despite portraying totally new characters, and the sci-fi metaphors for very human moments and problems are clever, funny, intense, and most importantly, Torchwood. A must-buy for fans of the franchise on audio. WarpedFactor.com Tony Filer Son of Bill Filer, we got to stop the Axons! And a big shout out to Tony, who's who's not too well at the moment. We saw on Twitter. Yes, uh, huge shout out. Hope you're Sending feeling better. Vibes, mate. yeah. Sending vibes from across the Axon sphere. Yes, 
Anyway, another great review from Tony here, which I'm already, without even reading it, I'm giving it 10 out of 10. Uh, pick up Gooseberry for a cracking, fast-paced relationship drama with two of Torchwood's finest. With the perfectly pitched help of Lois Chimimba, Gooseberry gets to the fundamental truth of Owen and Andy's friendship and leaves it in a very different state to how it finds it. It's a high-octane ride into life, death, love, need and lies with a light touch and a Torchwood twist. Nice one, Tony. Cultbox.co.uk Rich Cross says the outcome of this unusual menage a trois uh, rests on whether Owen, in the pursuit of pleasure, will portray uh, his commitment to his friend and to Torchwood's mission. As the complexities of their predicament multiply, each of the three main players might come to see themselves as the unwanted third person of Gooseberry. And that's four out of five stars there, but they're just four blue ones and one white one, so, you know, it's five, isn't it? It's 29. Well, I, well, I feel it's appropriate, again, to mention Nissa McKinnon, <laughs> who said that that's nine stars because yeah. of some complex calculation involving comets. Uh, Nissa, who's <laughs> astounded uh, to get a shout out without even writing into the podcast. But the I magic, do believe so. that she actually gets mentioned later in the podcast. That's for all you Nissa McKinnon fans out there. This one's bit, for you. That's a bit of a teaser for later. So I hope you're getting excited. More teaser. Uh, I know I am. Uh, SciFiBulletin.com, Paul Simpson. And also a big shout out to Paul, who's in hospital, not very well at the moment. Um, Sending vibes uh, across the, yeah, the dance hope, sphere. I hope you're going to get better soon, mate. I know mm. I know there's a there's a, a rocky road ahead for you but i think you know hopefully it's all under control uh so paul says a great character study of the late owen harper and his effect on those around him nine out of ten to the point and a lovely high mark there uh paul i give that 11 out of seven and a half can't say better than that can you no you can't um, say better than that you just did. <laughs> uh, on the Twitter armor, TARDIS Parrot says, uh, Tortured Gooseberry by Big Finish. A very interesting exploration of PC Andy and Owen's friendship. Written uh, with the unmistaken touch of James Goss. Dark, but ultimately shows how bonds run deep in the Torchwood world. At Oki Cho Bree uh, says, Well, I fully expected at Big Finish Tortured Gooseberry to be a bit of harmless fluff. And it ended up being my utterly fave Owen audio by far. If you like Owen Harper, it's a must in capital letters. Jeez. <laughs> that is how it ends. Jeez. Jeez. No. We've Jeez. had Brie and now cheese? we've got... Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it says Brie. Maybe it's just... <laughs> I'm a fan of Jeez. Um, <laughs> Justin B. Quillick, uh, Gooseberry by uh, James Goss Big Finish is a tremendous character piece rooted in relationship drama taken to wild extremes. Despite the Torchwood sci-fi sensibilities, the commentary on the complexities of friendship dynamics feel all too real. Absolutely loved it. Yes, you can always rely on James Goss to do that sort of Aye. wild extremes, relationship drama, brilliant stuff. Uh, that's it for the reviews this week. Next week, we'll be talking about The Avengers, the comic strip adaptations, Volume 5, Steed and Tara King. Coming up right now, we go behind the scenes with the worlds of Blake Seven, Baben the Butcher. Oh, bit of Colin Baker. The whole of Colin Baker. Hello, I'm Peter Angelidis. I've been the script editor for this box set. Baben the Bad! <laughs> It's not funny, I am bad. 
<laughs> I'm the baddest there is. Doesn't stop it being a terrible name. I'm a terrible man. You are, but in a different way. As we were doing the scripts, I was thinking, you know, Colin's really going to enjoy this, I hope. And the experience of him being in the studio, I think, captured that as well. He seemed to really enjoy it. And I was, you know, listening into the recording and... I love things like his lustful appreciation of the weaponry. He really captures that well. And the way he can slightly manipulate some of the other characters. So I'm I'm really pleased about the way it's worked out. I'm Colin Baker. And on this occasion, I am playing the wonderful Baban the Berserker, Baban the Butcher, Baban the Bold, Baban the Everything beginning with B apart from Benevolent. I can't trust you because you're too loyal. To your captain, Stannis. And I can't trust you because you're not loyal to anyone. Ah, that's not true. I was deeply loyal to my mother. Until I tried to kill her. I watched the episode again and got a flavour of the man. I reminded myself of his um, implacable menace. And um, because the three or four scripts I've done have been so well written... The scripts were all superb, and they've got the measure of Bayban. Well, <laughs> it's easy to say he's one-dimensional, because he's, he's not. He's multidimensional, as you'll see, or hear, when you listen to these three stories. Because uh, it he does explore other areas of Baybanness whilst remaining uh, the bloodthirsty, selfish, arrogant pig that he is. This is Louise Jameson, co-director of this Bayban series. I was absolutely delighted to be working with Colin Baker. Really sad I couldn't make the actual day's recording, which, of course, Nigel Fair stepped into the breach brilliantly. Uh, Nigel and I worked together an enormous amount creatively, and uh, we more or less think the same thoughts simultaneously. So uh, he, he seemed the perfect choice when I became unavailable. Deeply grateful to Nigel for doing that. I'm Nigel Fares and I co-directed these plays for Blake 7. And I'm also doing the sound design and incidental music. It's all been a bit of a surprise, this. Uh, Louise was down to direct it, so she got the casts together and um, thought about uh, the the schedules for the recording days. And then she got an acting job. And why she would choose to go and uh, act in a rehearsal room at the Old Vic with a company of actors rather than be sitting alone in her house with headphones on under a duvet i've no idea but i got to do the bit under the duvet with the actors while she's out um entertaining the old vic people so that's uh that that's how we got to co-direct it hello i'm Catherine armitage and i am the writer of conscience for the babe in the butcher series the appeal of writing for blake seven was that it's this fantastically rich world to delve into. Even from the first moment of the first episode, you you feel like you're being transported into this whole universe with all these issues and history and systems. And it's just so fantastic. So it felt like, honestly, going through a portal and just having this realm to play with. And that was just hugely enjoyable. There was also an appeal in the fact that it's a little darker, that sort of, I guess, the grittier side of science fiction and also the more political side, which was really interesting. And I think particularly in the times we were living in and the time I was writing in, 
those things were very at the forefront of my mind, uh, like politics and how what people do at the top trickles down and about protest and response to that. So uh, it really hit a kind of sweet spot in the things that I was thinking about, as well as being this really incredible world. What I particularly liked was the dilemma that the president was put into. My name is Sally Nevette, and I play Jenna Stannis. You see, you are clever. Not clever enough. I should have seen through you straight away. I'm getting other dimensions to her and um, and revealing things, both to myself and no doubt to the audience. I mean, I suppose my biggest worry is that I'm, I'm, I'm no longer that age, but maybe that doesn't matter. I mean, I, I feel younger than ever, I feel. And I feel that I can finally le- let this sort of feisty wild side of Jenna out a bit where she commands more. Just go to bigfinish.com and type in Baben, B-A-Y-B-A-N, to seek, locate and enjoy this beautiful slice of Blake's seven goodness. Ramping up the excitement to beyond seven or even eleven. <gasps> it's listeners' emails. Thank you, Nick. And uh, yes, this is the email cast. And if you want to email us, uh, you can't because we're just no longer reading them. Um, right, <laughs> goodbye. moving on. No, no goodbye. No, I don't want to be involved. Uh, podcast at bigfinish.com is where you send them. Send them out there uh, and uh, we'll read them, hopefully. Good. You know, we can't always guarantee it, but we no, do no, try. We, yeah. we, we make an effort. You know, um, we've got one here from Alexander Neff. We could have just not read it, but we are. Mm. See, we read them. Um, this one says, a short, straight to the point, uh, Dear Big Finish Podcast. Will the Rani appear in another Doctor Who audio drama in the future? Uh, this one's from yeah, Alexander Neff. Yes. Well, Alexander, um, thank you for writing in. I think you also wrote in and asked whether the Rani would appear in the Time War as well. Don't know about that. I would love the Rani to uh, appear in another audio drama, but um, sadly, Pip and Jane Baker uh, have died, uh, who, who created the character. And uh, we're not quite sure. I, I'm not quite sure where we are contacting the estate. Um, we have tried in the past, but it's um, it's difficult. So if anyone out there is listening and can help us, we would love to get in touch with the estate of Pip and Jane Baker. Um, but we are, of course, there may be efforts going on that I'm unaware of. But yeah, we would love to do the Rani again. Solid. Good answer. Good answer. Next up, this is from Jumana Medledge. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, Dear Nick and Benji, first of all, I was so sorry to hear Nick got ill and so glad he made a full recovery. It is mostly full. Uh, My smell has returned, not the smell of me, my ability to smell. (laughs) And uh, it's Nick Briggs. Um, uh, Although I'm smelling bleach all the time. There is no bleach, but apparently it's this... Last week I spoke about the effects of COVID on the brain and how it makes the receptors not understand the smell information. Well, apparently, as the brain gets used to that information, it starts misinterpreting some of it, which is why I'm smelling bleach all the time. It's not too bad. As Benji felt that bleach was quite a nice smell, he said earlier. But I like it sometimes. Not too. Wouldn't want it all the time. It's a satisfying smell, I suppose. But yeah, you don't want it when you're eating, really. And unless you're eating bleach, which I don't recommend you do. You would drink it. You wouldn't eat bleach unless I suppose you froze it into blocks. Yeah, (laughs) or maybe if it's maybe if it's yeah maybe it's in that middle state of freezing. You know, or maybe if you mix it with some flour. 
Uh, what, what do they call it? An allotrope of ice in uh, Planet of the Daleks. <laughs> sort of gooey bleach, yeah, yeah. Gooey bleach with spiritons. Anyway, don't um, drink or eat or do anything with bleach that's not recommended on the bottle. <laughs> yes, I completely stand with you there, Nick. If you take one thing away from this podcast, that is our message. <laughs> uh, the rest of it, frankly, is just promotional. I, I hope you continue being well and that the rest of the team and your families are spared the ordeal. Yeah, my, luckily my family managed to avoid it because I isolated from them, uh, which they were very relieved about in many ways. Uh, this nudged me to write, uh, but I've been meaning to for months to rave about a gorgeous new release, except those have been coming in such close succession I never managed to stop listening long enough to send in some appreciation. Well, that's fair enough, fair enough. Uh, just a few off the top of my head. Out of Time, Gates of Hell was a complete joy to listen to. That's the one with the Cybermen, wasn't it? And clearly made with even more joy than usual. Dalek Universe is so epically epic, I don't know where to start. But it's like you have given us a complete new season of the Tenth Doctor. That was the plan. And sent at least one new visitor to Bury St Edmunds. The War Doctor Begins is superb. I love how the character still has that unmistakable doctorishness but in a new flavour entirely his own due to the hateful circumstances. So, in capital letters, well written and performed. I actually have a question. Apologies if it's already been asked. I'm very taken with the way the new TV series has a different theme for each Doctor, not meaning the opening theme, but pieces like I Am The Doctor, and would love to have something similar for each of the classic Doctors. I know great attention is given to the music in your releases. Has this ever come up? Are there pieces that, at least amongst yourselves, you think of as being the basic soundtrack for this or that Doctor? I understand they might not be official themes. If yes, could you point me to the relevant releases? Many thanks for all the wonderful stories. In any case, wishing you happy and safe holidays and another inspired year. Thank you, Jumana. Uh, warmly, you say. Um, Oh, oh, P.S. Have you seen the photos of an unknown angular object glimpsed on the moon yesterday? Please, oh, please let it turn out blue. Obviously, you're thinking that the uh, TARDIS, this was on the 8th of December, that the TARDIS is on the moon. Well, I can there's a great, There's a great, yeah, there's an <laughs> image of something that looks like a sort of, it's like a sort of square cube on the moon. But the best thing is I saw a comment uh, on Twitter. Somebody tweeted and said, oh, that must be the stage where they fake the moon landing. Completely seriously as well. They yeah. said this like they fake thought the they discovered on it. On the moon. On the moon. <laughs> um, we got to fake your, this your... Moon, moon landing. Uh, we got to go to the moon to fake it. Okay, let's go <laughs> to the moon and then fake it. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I, I, I think you've missed the point. Um, with what... Um, the music question there. Mm. I do know. From, I do know that Jamie Robertson, yes. who uh, does his fantastic say. music, yeah, for his stuff. He certainly has, um, especially like the Eighth Doctor box sets. I think the Fourth Doctor as well. He really does go for writing themes. He has each. got a theme for the Fourth Doctor. Yeah, yeah. He does, and also yeah, for the companions. You think he's got like the stranded theme, and he he definitely really thinks of it like that. And so if you um, if you listen to those releases. For, you know, lots of the Fourth Doctor stuff, um, Stranded, Doom Coalition, things like that. A lot of them have the the isolated scores on them at the end, and so you will find in there plenty of reoccurring uh, themes. Yes, I mean, I tend to use sounds to suggest people. I tend to have a theme for the story, and I do various variations on it for the different characters and use different sounds. I mean, I, I, for Liz Shaw, I often use a flute. 
Ooh, yeah. Well, she is very. She she has that great debut, doesn't she? Um, with with the flute music, Ex- you know exactly. So you, that's why I do it. Um, Nissa McKinnon, famously uh, advertised earlier on in the podcast, now uh, having another email here. Uh, a lovely surprise. Well, you'd be surprised to know that uh, that. that that you're in this again <laughs> uh, dear Nick Benji and all uh, the amazing people who bring stories together yes we round them up in our story field like herding sheep uh, <laughs> I bye, hope you all <laughs> yes that was Nick herding the sheep thank you Nick uh, I hope you're all safe and healthy well try to be uh, imagine my joy when I find a call out without even having sent an email. Thank you. Stay healthy, Nessa McKinnon. Well, there we go. <laughs> See, this is just, I want this to spiral out of control. So, uh, you know, we, we called out to you when you hadn't written in, so you write in to say thank you for that, and now we're reading that out. Um, we might mention you next time, Nessa, I think. It's hey, become I a thing. Nessa taking out a cease and desist on us. Would you stop mentioning me? I keep having to email. I haven't got the time. Leave me alone. <laughs> We're going to change the podcast to the Big Finish Nissa McKinnon podcast. <laughs> uh, I may not be joking. Uh, that's it for the emails this week. More next time. Still to come on the podcast, the Randomoids Electron giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Also, there'll be a 15-minute drama tease of Babe and the Butcher starring Colin Baker. But first, it's time for Also Available, uh, the AA. This week, we return to the classic sci-fi series Star Cops for an audiobook entitled Sins of the Father, written by Chicory Tip. (laughs) Star Cops, Sins of the Father, written by Mike Tucker. Narrated by Trevor Cooper. The vampire swept through the corridors of Moonbase, fangs bared, cloak billowing in its wake. Ordinarily, Inspector Paul Bailey might have found the sight unusual, but tonight there were so many werewolves, zombies, and other assorted monsters wandering around that he'd barely given it a second glance. It was only when the vampire drew closer that Paul realized that he knew who this particular creature of the night was. Evening, Kyle. Oh, Paul. Kyle gave him an embarrassed nod. Kyle Rogers was one of the Moonbase maintenance engineers, part of a team colloquially known as the Red Eye Shift. He was also the boyfriend of Officer Abby Panton, and had unwittingly been responsible for starting an investigation into a major scandal with the lunar water mining industry a few years back. To Paul, that seemed like a lifetime ago. So much had happened since then, most of it on Mars. Paul glanced down at the crude vampire costume Carl was wearing. He couldn't actually recall ever having seen the engineer out of overalls before. Nice outfit. Yeah, Kyle shuffled awkwardly. Not my idea, but the party invite said no costume, no entry. Abby not with you. No, Carl shook his head. She's duty officer again. Yeah. Paul nodded. Of course she is. Well, I'd better get going. Don't want to be late. Happy Halloween. Paul watched as Kyle hurried off along the corridor. The engineer wasn't the friendliest of men at the best of times, but that had been awkward and abrupt even for him. Not that you had to be a police inspector to work out what was going on here, 
Kyle was up to stuff behind Abby's back. Paul had never quite understood what Abby saw in him. He certainly wasn't his type. But he'd also learned that it was never a good idea to get involved in the relationships of work colleagues, especially in an environment as isolated and contained as Moonbase. Not that he was in any position to offer advice. His own love life wasn't exactly perfect. The relationships that he'd had since joining the International Space Police Force had been few and far between, and he found himself spending most of his time in the company of fellow officer Julia Morelli. Julia had been a submarine captain that Paul had met on assignment in Venice and had practically begged Nathan to recruit her. Since then, they'd become the best of friends. She knew he was gay, so there was no expectation on her part that it would ever be anything more than that, but the two of them had become very close. It had come as something of a shock to her, therefore, when he'd broken the news that he was going to Mars and that they'd have to spend the best part of two years apart. If he was honest, things would probably have gone a lot better if he hadn't pointed out that they weren't actually in a relationship and that she was getting needlessly upset. It shouldn't really have come as any surprise, therefore, when upon his return to the moon, she'd informed him that she had accepted one of the postings with the new ISPF unit on Mars. After all, she told him, it's not like we're in a relationship or anything. Raucous laughter broke in from his reverie, and half a dozen costumed partygoers hurried past him. A faint frown creased Paul's forehead. The truth was that he found himself slightly unsettled by the number of Halloween parties taking place around Moonbase. It was symptomatic of a worrying informality that was starting to become more and more prevalent on the moon. Halloween, Diwali, Christmas, festivals that had once used to be celebrated in a modest way were starting to become elaborate affairs and not always lawful ones. The moon base had always had a relatively low crime rate, but the holiday season always seemed to bring out the worst in people, and the figures were rising year on year. Apparently, last November the 5th, they'd even caught one lunatic out on the surface of the moon trying to let off fireworks. Hello, my name's Trevor Cooper, and you've just been listening to me narrating the story, Sins of the Father, the Star Cops episode. I've got some questions here that have been asked. First question, what is your connection to Star Cops? Well, my connection is that I was in it when it was first put on television. I played Colin Davis. Um... It was the first regular I'd ever done in a television series. We're talking about 1985, 1986. And I did all the... I think I I wasn't in the first episode, but I was in all the others. Um, We did... I'm trying to think we did eight or nine. I know one was cancelled because of the strike. But I think we did nine. And that was all we did. It wasn't a great success on television initially. But then, you know, I think reactions from the public brought it back. So it's now functioning again as a a radio series with many of the same cast, those that are still alive. Unfortunately, we've lost a couple. But David and uh, David Calder and Linda Newton and myself still do it. Um, yeah, so I'm being connected with Star Cops from the start, really. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Star Cops into the search pane at the top to find all our Star Cops releases, you won't be surprised, including the full cast drama box sets as well. Soon it'll be time to give you a 15-minute drama tease of Baben the Butcher. But first, it's... The Randomoid Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. It's a good one. It's Jago and Lightfoot Series 2. 
Oh, Jago and Lightfoot Series 2, I hear you say. What a joy. What a joy. Here is the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Jago and Lightfoot Series 2. Read all about it. Read all about it. Another horrible murder. Get the latest news here. They found another body down by the river. Another poor young lady. Not a drop of blood left in her, they say. What could do this to a person? That's what I've been trying to find out. These deaths, they're, they're little more than butchery. That my name is Ruthven, Lord Cornelius Ruthven. Sights preserve us. What's happened to you? You were dead. This Henry is Dr. Sibelius Crow. She's possessed. She's a vampire. I have an exceptionally bad feeling about this place. Roll up, gentlemen and ladies, roll up. Welcome to Deuteronomy's Theatre de Fantasy. Mr. Sanders. Sanders? Never heard of the fellow. Who is he? I have, as you know, devoted my life to studying these devilish creatures of the night. What hellish place is this? A resting place for the ancient dead. Professor Lightfoot, you can come out of the shadows now. Mr. Jago could be rather excitable. Henry, you'll get us both shot. A whole city ripe for the feasting. Uh, Professor, not now, Henry. Professor, I really think you should take a look behind you. I fear we have company. They're right behind us. Oh, oh, oh. George, George, hold on, Lily. They've got the professor. Unusual. Yeah, 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 I'm an unusual man, sir. You can say that again. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. And sort of fitting in a way, because, you know, it's getting towards Christmas, and Christmas is Victorian Christmases are very popular, aren't they? You know, it's, it's, you know, Christmas Carol and all that business. And so what a perfect time to get on the streets of uh, Victorian London with our two favourite infernal investigators. Yeah, what stories have we got in here? Lightfoot and Sanders. Oh, that's fun. Yes, the Necropolis Express, the Theatre of Dreams, the Ruthven Inheritance by Andy Lane. Wow, yeah. Only available as a download now. Um, let's have a look at the cast. Oh, do you know Alex Mallinson, uh, our erstwhile designer, is is in it? But Simon Williams is in it. Duncan Wisby, David Collings, the late great David Collings, brilliant. So obviously, uh, Chris and Trevor are in it too. Oh, oh there it is. I, I clicked one of the behind-the-scenes photos, and then it, it got really big on my screen, and I couldn't close it. And I was clicking frantically, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to carry on the podcast. But it's gone now, so we're all right. Some lovely photos, backstage photos there. Oh, really are. Vernon Dobcheff as well. Lovely. That's in the little side room at the moat, isn't it? Yes, I think it is. Yes. That's where we, we got in trouble once. We were playing Doctor Who theme on the guitar in the middle of a podcast. And then we got complaints. The then, sound was... The actors can hear you singing Doctor Who. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry, Dad. I'm going to do it again. Sorry, sorry, Mr. McGann. Uh, so while I emailed Jackie at Big Finish so that she knows yes. which item to put the offer live on, 
Benji, will you explain how you get the 25% discount? It's um, uh, massively complicated, requires a huge manual, but I think it is uh, worth the effort. Yes, that's right. It's uh, First, if you open to page 482, uh, article B, and the small print there, you go to uh, www.bigfinish.com, uh, head straight to the podcast page on the menu. Uh, once you're on the menu, it'll come to the page. On the page, there'll be the blurb. It says read more. Click read more. Then you'll be on the podcast of choice. In the blurb underneath there, it just says click here and enter the code BUCKUP. Uh, it's buck up, all capital letters, no space, no complications. Just, just buck up. B u c k u p. Enter buck up there, and you'll get twenty five percent off. It's simple. Uh, back to reality now. Um, but yeah, it's a cool way of uh, just building up your, building up your releases and filling those gaps and listening to things that maybe uh, you've not been brave enough to try yet. And Jago and Lightfoot. Oh, what, yeah. what an adventure that is! It's oh, so brilliant. worth getting into. It's lovely, lovely mm. audio, lovely. Thanks, Ran. Another blinder. Next week's podcast is entitled Boxing Day Delights, as it's Ooh. released on Boxing Day, yeah, which in the UK is the day after Christmas Day, the 26th of December, as well as featuring the Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trips winner, The Lickawick Abomination by Joe Vivas, a ninth Doctor story brilliantly performed by Jacob Dudman. We also warm the cockles of your post-Christmas hearts Ooh. with a reminder that it's really a great time of year to listen to our star-studded production of The Box of Delights. Ooh, my doorbell's just come. Just time now, as always, to <laughs> come back. Uh, just time now, as always, uh, thank you for listening. If you're at my door, I can't get there right now. <laughs> Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And we'll be back next week. Bye for now. Time now for The Worlds of Blake Seven, Babe and the Butcher, Conscience by Catherine Armitage. Take it away, Colin. Flight path K42 clear for landing. Craft ID L009, docking at port 12. Craft ID Z843, releasing clamps. Take their time, don't they? It's a bargaining tactic. I think they can drive up their prices for a faster load. But I'm not biting. The longer we're here, the riskier it gets. That's what they're banking on. But they should know better. When one link in the chain goes down, everyone suffers. Message for Cy Pella, please relay. Cy, five minutes more and we're gone. And I'll consider the cargo I do have as a free sample, although I won't be buying again. What if that doesn't work? It will. How can you be sure? Because I've been in this business for 10 years and I didn't make a name for myself by being unsure. You started young. <laughs> You've no idea. And here's the rest of our cargo. You're good. Not rocket science, Hinton. Just business. You'll get there. You keeping me on? I'll be needing a second in command one of these days. Thank you. Jenna Stannis. All right, Hurst, get it sorted and loaded. Yes? You're a hard woman to find. That's the idea. I'm Envoy Tech from Samana. We urgently need you to run our export operations. I'm a free trader, not a customs officer. We need a free trader. Someone who can get the crystals out of the... The Chitana crystals? But you only export about ten a cycle. Not anymore. We need... I'll think about it. I do have other jobs. We know, but the thing Hinton, is... Hinton, get on board. Attention. Federation troops have entered the premises. 
Proceed to compliance measures. Federation troops have entered the premises. Oi, you, wait there! No chance. Hinton! I said get on board! But the cargo! No time for that, come on, move! Stop them! We're clear. Set her to time distort seven. Seven? Can she really take that? There's an old saying, if you don't risk it, you'll never know. Hurst, what's the damage? We lost half the shipment, Captain. Half? Me and Jensen were packing outside when the alarm came. I see. Thank you, Hurst. Blast! Is it so bad? Means we'll be lucky to scrape a profit. Why can't the damn Federation leave us alone? Haven't they got enough? Why did Anne's hook give us clearance to fly? The announcement said to comply with the Federation. It said, proceed to compliance measures. It's a trader's code. Means run. <laughs> Something I've done rather a lot of. Must be exhausting. Ship requesting contact. Federation signal? No. Put them through. Envoy Tech here. You got away then? Just about. Listen. We really need you back on Samana. There's good money in it, demand is high, and we've a lot of crystals to trade. One moment. What do you think, Hinton? I don't like to get tied to one place, but with the Federation hot on our heels... Yes. I suppose it would give us a bit of a break. Not that I need a break. Whatever you think is best, Captain. All right, Tech. Tell Samana we're coming in. Quicker loading when the cargo only takes up one compartment. And yet it's worth more than our last dozen jobs put together. Be careful, Hurst. You're not coming on this one, Captain. Might as well enjoy the delights of rural living while I'm here. Been avoiding it long enough. I'll sort out the next deal while you're gone. Should be even bigger. I'll look forward to it. Won't you come inside? Don't you want some fresh air? What's fresh about it? The animal dung or the thruster fumes? Fair point. You have made it homely. Picked up a few things on the last run. Got some spare credit at the moment. We all have. Keep going like this. You could retire before you hit 30. <laughs> How dull. I'll buy a new ship and fly so high no one can touch me. You? I'd keep working. There's always more to learn. For example, how we can run an export business without actually knowing who our supplier is. The planet's the supplier. Or whoever's in charge. Vardos Sef, was it? But they don't control the collection and drop-offs of the actual crystals. We don't know who they are. And if they up their price... They will up their price. So we up ours. But it's not like before, when you can just find another supplier. We're at their mercy. I'm at no one's mercy. 
We can always leave. So long as the ship holds up. You worry too much. The money's coming in and we're safe. Everything else is just background noise. But if we just find out who they are... Waste of time. But... Uh, that's an end to it, Hinton. Who's there? Sorry, ma'am. Didn't mean to creep up on you. Message from the city. Vardar Seth finally wants to meet me. Part of the scenery these days. Never do any harm. Just stand outside the building Please. shouting stuff. Settle down. Our presence here marks a line. A line that the government have crossed, but we refuse to. We stand proud in the battle. The Vardos is waiting. Jenna, thank you for coming. First name terms already? Oh, apologies. I forget the customs of other people's. Here, using someone's first name is a sign of respect. Then I should probably be offended Tech calls me Mom. <laughs> <laughs> He's been reading up on Terran customs. Was keen to try them out on you. So I should call you... Seth. Vardos is just the job title. Won't you sit down? Thank you. What can I do for you, Seth? It seems to me that operations are running smoothly. They are, and we're very grateful. But there's a discrepancy in the numbers that's worrying me. I've been alerted to the fact that there were around 50 Jatana crystals on the market last week. Yes, I exported 56. But I only released 18. Ah. Shouldn't you take it up with whoever's in charge of supply? They're uh, difficult to communicate with. But you... You want me to check the mines and see what's going on? What are mines? <laughs> Where you excavate the crystals. Or do they grow on trees? Oh, once again, I forget the cultural differences. The Chitana crystals grow inside animals. Animals? Much as humans raise and slaughter farm creatures for meat, so we do for their crystals. Our secretive supplier is in charge of the... Uh, the extraction process. I'd like someone to double-check that nothing untoward is happening. Are you asking me because of my untoward credentials? Well, I thought that... I'm uh, only a criminal in the eyes of the Federation, Vardos. If you prefer their version of morality, you're very welcome to give them a call. Oh, no, no. Please forgive me. We would ensure this extra work was reflected in your level of commission. Hmm. I'll see what I can do. Does mean involving the use of a third party, which is not preferred, but... What did the Vardos say? You're getting your wish, Hinton. We're off on a supplier hunt. Pull up a map of the area, will you? These are the three drop-off points. And if I were going to set up a secret base with access to all three, I would go there.
friendly looking place. They're known as the Stacks. It looks like some god dropped a pack of knives from the sky and they turned to stone. Those would be some very big knives. At least they might shelter us from this wind. Come on. They're not sheltering us from the wind. There's a door in the rock face. Help me push. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be so good as to close the door? You're letting a draft in. Much better. Our supplier, I take it. You found me. Well done. It wasn't hard. You've chosen a dramatic location. How do you know I'm not a decoy? You're too smug for a decoy. Watch what you say, little girl. You're the little boy playing hideout in your secret den. Take it easy, Captain. Why? He's just another supplier trying to scare a better deal out of me. Just another supplier? Just another... I am Baben. Baben the Bad. <laughs> Baben the Bad? <laughs> it's not funny. I am bad. I'm the baddest there is. Doesn't stop it being a terrible name. I'm a terrible man. You are, but in a different way. Aha. Uh -huh. So you have heard of me. And I can't say I'm impressed. I think I'll have a little talk with Vardor Seth about this. Where are my manners? You think I was raised by mutoids? Please, sit down. Can I interest you in a drink? It's no use turning on the charm, Baben. But I always make an effort for guests. Look, new boots, my most decorative jacket. Doesn't disguise who you are. You're not only a killer, you're incompetent. Incompetent? Who was it traded the Besnet codes for 3,000 credits after they'd expired? Who was it who stole a major ship, got him to buy it back at double the cost and then killed him anyway? Who was it that... Exactly. You're full of tricks and violence, but that's all. The Federation fear me. I am 78th on their most wanted list. 78th? Even I'd be higher up. Not that I bothered checking. Oh, well, I was 94th last month, but then I killed a very rude Federation officer. He said far less hurtful things than you. You're a sensitive soul. Hinton, we're leaving. Miss Stannis... Captain Stannis. Oh, yes, you're a captain. I'm a captain. You might think you're better than me, but the Federation treats us both the same. You'll admit that much. Perhaps. So we need to work together. Together we can take these crystals and create such riches. You walk away now and it all turns to nothing. Isn't this what you've been telling me? If one link of the chain goes down... All right, I'm listening. But no trickery. This is a business transaction. So let's do business. Why don't I show you round my... Your den? My realm. Vardos Seth, there's 
You're not my next meeting. I've just come up from the farms and... It's all right, Tech. I'll talk to him. You've left your followers outside, Namir. How will they know what to shout now? Don't mock me. I'm sorry. It's good you're here, actually. I have some more names for the food parcel list. Don't talk about your good deeds like it makes up for the slaughter. We're not buying it. Do you not hear our protest? Every day. For five years. Exactly. For five years we've been telling you, begging you, to stop killing the crystalled animals. One more time I'm asking, please, make it stop. As I've said before, it's a necessary sacrifice to improve the lives of our people. You have to look at the whole picture. I do. You're too busy looking at our credit balance. For generations, we were happy selling only the Chitana crystals that natural events gave us. But as soon as demand went up, you gave in to it. I explained... And then you bring that... that smuggler in and it gets worse. I've just come from seeing the latest... Sacrifices go off to the slaughterhouse. If you could see their eyes. The fear... They're herd animals. Plenty of peoples eat such creatures. The people of Samana... Oh, only... mother, can you stop the politician talk, please?